You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Okay. So in Genesis 12, verse 1 to 4, it's, it's entitled The Call of Abraham. This section, it says this. Now the Lord said to Abr- um, Abram, sorry, the call of Abram, who became Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. It's right at the start of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in Acts 1 verse 8, it says this, but you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. From the very beginning, God's plan was always that his people would be a going people. From the beginning of creation, from from the Genesis, that we would be a going people. Uh, At Melbourne Life Church, we like to use the phrase neighbors and nations. Because it's going, whether it's next door or it's going to the nations, we're called to be a going people. I think for many Christians, actually moving to a different nation is, uh, for the sake of the gospel, is something that's never crossed their mind. If we're honest. It's something that's just like, that's for, that's for the missionaries, that's for somebody else. We might be okay with the idea of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, but the ends of the earth aren't for me. That's often been, for many Christians, our heart attitude. I think that's shifting, and we're seeing something of that. And you guys, um, it's great to be able to interview you, and thank you for being willing to do this. But you guys, as far as from an Australian perspective, you are about to move to the ends of the earth. Um, from a European pr- perspective, we probably are the ends of the earth. But we're here today in Melbourne, so someone came to the ends of the earth, came to the ends of the earth and we're sending you back to the ends of the earth. It's just as, long, as far away from here as you can get. Um, so maybe we can start, we'll start with a, an easiest question this morning. Um, has the nations, or going to the nations, been something that's always been on your heart? Or is it something that you felt him just speak specifically for this, this move? Can you, can you repeat the question? Yes, I can repeat the question. Has, the, has the, the idea of going to the nations, like moving somewhere, always been something that's on your heart? Or was it something that... God sort of spoke specifically just for this, and you came alive today. Well, you said before, we've always been neighbors and nations, and for us, neighbors were really important. So, so the nations, it, it hadn't really crossed our mind. When we, our whole thing was, when we, our whole prayer as our couple was, God, use us. We didn't think God send us. Uh, I think there was this kind wow. of mentality, like, you have to be a missionary, like you just yeah. said. So, use us whatever that is, don't necessarily send us. But that was combined with a whole bunch of other things that set up our whole relationship. So in, uh, if we read in, in Matthew, it says, in the going, go and make disciples of all nations. We focus a lot on the in the going and being intentional in the everyday, in our everyday life, looking for those on the margins and stuff. And when we got married, for people who are here at our wedding, you probably remember three things. How beautiful she looked, Aww. that there were more tears at our wedding than any funeral you've ever been to. <laughs> and <laughs> Somebody was there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and the third thing was the, 
the prayer that we had over our lives. This is from the Bible in Isaiah. And it was a clear action plan or a clear mission statement about what we wanted to found our our marriage, our family, our lives on. And I'm going to read it out because otherwise I'll butcher it. But it comes from Isaiah 58 and says, Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen or called you to? To loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and to not turn away from your flesh? So that was the action that he called us to, but attached to that next was a promise. The promise that if you do all those things, the the Lord will guide you always. That your light will become like the noonday, the noonday, and He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land, and He will strengthen your frames. So, we had a mission statement, which was the in the going, mm-hmm. and then we had an action plan, which is all those steps there. And so, the nation still weren't front of mind, but it was what are the actions that we need to do. Um, and I guess it was out of that place of living intentionally. Um, and stewarding the revelation of God in the scriptures that he then began to reveal his revelation and his will for us intimately. I guess like we have to, God reveals himself in his word and he says in the scriptures to love me is what? To obey me. And so when we read the scriptures, he's given us all this wisdom, this wealth of knowledge on how we are to live. And it's out of that place, out of stewarding the scriptures well, that he began to reveal to us what his individual call was for our lives. It doesn't say in the scripture where you are to move, who you are to marry, what church you are to go to, but it does tell you to abide and it does tell you to yield. And I guess for us, the more we learn to abide in him, and yield in his presence, the, the less we strived and it was out of the abiding that he guided our steps. So nothing was forced. It was just this, Lord, I want less of me and more of you. And I just want to glorify you, my life for your glory. There's, there were these people, um, the Moravian church, um, who lived very peculiar lives, um, were actually shunned by a lot of Christians, but they used to send missionaries off. Um, and back in the day, you wouldn't see them again. Um, and they actually sold themselves into slavery. And the chant that they would say as they sent their missionaries off was, may the lamb receive... Oh, wait a second. <laughs> that was getting really deep, really good, but then I forgot the <laughs> quote. Um, that, that really sucks. This is, <laughs> this is so what good. gets me. Let the lamb receive the reward of his suffering in me. If someone died so that you could live, <laughs> wouldn't you just want to live a meaningful life to bring him praise and to bring him glory? It's not that we, our lives, like, our lives, like, we, we, sh- we earn, like, earn his death, but it's like, he died so that I could live, so let me live. Let the lamb receive the reward of his suffering in me. And that is a life that is completely yielded to his will. And it's out of there that he began to reveal where we were to go. Amazing. Mm. So what, what was the, um, I guess, the starting point in the process for you for Romania? Um, you know, maybe not the whole history, because you could probably go back to, you know, to birth and all of that sort of stuff. But uh, oh, just because I remember we walked when you yeah. had first come to the yeah. church and we talked about different things in the church and a revolving mm. door and nations. And you said then, I don't feel like we'll be here for long. Mm. God's preparing us 
to yeah. go overseas. Yeah. So then how did you come to that? How did we come to that? <laughs> um, it was actually not that long ago. It was during COVID. Um, oh, actually, I'll go back a bit more. Um, <laughs> see, I told you. <laughs> I am a waffler. So you will see Matt giving me an eye when I start I waffling so. and I will try to come back onto track. I can't actually see Taylor's eyes. So you'll have to like tap me. He'll give you a squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we got married, we were really intentional about even the vows that we made. Um, we just wanted everything to point to him. And we felt like we created space. I think this is so important to create space, spaces and rhythms of rest so you can hear him. And then if you are in relationship, well, not if, whoever you're in relationship with, you need to share. Um, you need to share for accountability um, and to see how God is speaking. And in this case, my husband, um, that we are on the same page. And we both felt like the Lord told us to hold things loosely. We didn't know what that was going to mean or what that would look like or where we were going. We just knew that we couldn't plant roots. Um, and so we had to hold things loosely. And so we were always prepared um, to see what was going to come into fruition. Um, what was the question? Um, just... Uh how specifically did Romania yeah. come? Yeah, so he yeah. told us to hold things loosely and then during COVID we were on a walk and we'd go on a lot of prayer walks because that's all you could do. <laughs> that was actually a blessing of COVID. Um, so, and we'd share what we felt the Lord put on our hearts and I'd had this feeling coming over me that Australia wasn't home anymore and it was so random. My whole family is here in Australia um, and I'd never thought that I was going to move overseas but Holy Spirit was just like stirring something in me um, and I didn't realise he was stirring that in Taylor too. And then we shared it with one another. Um, and we were both like, yeah, Australia's not home. But we know God's timeline is so different to ours. So what did we do with that feeling, that sensation? We took it to our war room. We wrote down that this is um, what the Lord is stirring in us. We prayed about it. We pushed into it. We went to the Word and we studied the Word. What does this mean? What does this look like for our lives? God, just reveal um, that to us. And out of that place, He then gave me a specific dream. And I, you cannot tell I was homeschooled because <laughs> my geography is horrible. And this is how I knew that this dream was from God. He gave me a dream where we were on the border of Switzerland and Italy. I didn't even know that they bordered each other. Um, I know how embarrassing. Um, working in an embassy, um, ushering in the kingdom um, and equipping people for the work of the kingdom. Um, yeah. Wow. So it really went from these, well, you're probably wondering, how do we get from Switzerland, Italy to Romania? Because <laughs> yep. it kind of went from these sensations or these feelings that Australia wasn't home to this dream that we were meant to go to Europe. But with those combined, we had to move, and with prayer and, and fasting and meditation, it was like we have to go from dreams and feelings and the word to action. So he went, okay, Europe's where we went to go. We believe that it's Italy, so we started learning Italian. Straight away, we started doing that, and God said, go get your passports. And we're like, go get international passports. So we started taking that action. And my workplace had just come down from over 60 head offices down to six. They'd done a huge restructure. But that restructure had gone from all over the world to suddenly be Melbourne, Australia, Milan, Italy, Zurich, Switzerland, Switzerland, Bucharest, Romania. So that's just four of those six. So we're like, okay, we're on the right path, God. We're on the right path. And then he started to just open the doors one by one that things start to happen to let us know that he, we are walking in his will. So this, the passports and citizenship, citizenship happen. And we start to work, walk in this Italy, Switzerland. 
And so I reach out to my work and I go, can I get a transfer over there? Can we start to, and every door was slammed shut. But we have to rejoice when those doors are slammed shut because we're praying, God, if it's not of you, slam those doors shut. And so we went, okay, God, what, what is this? And he started turning our hearts towards the Romanian people, Romanian church. And Judah woke up one night and he's just like, Tata, Tata, come here, come here. And I went down to him and this is the middle of the night. And he goes, Tata, and Sunkata, I'm ready. I'm like, ready, ready for what? I'm ready for us to move to Romania. And they went right back asleep. And so we went. <laughs> and the next, How old is he's, he? he's three years old now. So this was when he was two. And the next day he went up and he's like, Tata, Mama, I see Jesus. And we're like, where is he? He's like, he's on a plane going. And we went, okay, I guess we've got to put a pit. Yeah, this is after asking for confirmation. Yeah, yeah. And there are just other things that have happened which have opened this door to Romania, i.e. people telling us what time to get on flights. And the flights that we, on the day that we picked, or what was told for us to go, was half the price of the flights that we were going to go on. So suddenly we could afford them. But that was only three months out. So we're like, okay, we need to get my residency because how the heck are we supposed to move to Romania if I don't have residency? Yeah. And we go, that's normally like a six, 12-month long-term process. And we go... Okay, God, let's apply for it. We get a call the next day and it said, um, someone's cancelled. Can you come up for your residency interview up to Sydney next week? <laughs> My visa interview. And I'm like, wow, isn't that convenient? Isn't that a God thing? Because we were up at a quip conference that week up in Sydney. And it's just these one things after another where we listened, we asked God what to do. He asked us to take action. We stepped in that action and he basically just revealed the next step of the plan. That's amazing. I love how, uh, how s- s- seemingly simple the first steps of obedience often are. It's like, you know, we kind of think it's always going to be this like lightning bolt, but like the first step is get your passports. Um, you know, how, how can we go to the ends of the earth if you don't have a passport? Yeah. And one thing that you, one of the first weeks you, we were here, you were talking about if you want to go or if God's calling you to go, you need to have the practical things in place first. And so for Christians, if it says that in the going and we are called to the nations, have an active passport always ready. When he's calling you to go, don't have debt hanging over your head. Like all these kinds of stuff. So do the practical things. Be ready in the practical, but then be ready in the spiritual and be constantly praying, fasting and going, God, how can you reveal yourself and your glory through me? Mm. That might be your neighbor. And it might yeah. be people at the shopping center. It might be in your mum's group. It might be in your workplace. And it is all those places, but it might be a step further. 100%. And I think it's so important that so often I've seen this as, as in leading a church that one, one uh, person in a marriage or one person in a family feels God say something. And it's like, well, he's spoken. We have to go do it. But God wants to speak to all of us. And he wants to confirm his word. And so, you know, I love that in your process, it was like God spoke to both of you, but also to your kids. Like, do we expect that our kids are going to be part of the process of hearing God with us? Because we don't want to, like, you know, in a sense, drag our kids to something. Um, When they've heard God, I I moved from the U.S. to Australia when I was 11. And then from Adelaide to Melbourne to see the church planted when I was 16. And in both moves, my parents said to myself and my brothers, what are you hearing from God? We were fully invested and knew that we had heard God. 
we were obviously a bit older than your kids, but um, I think it's important for families and for us today, even as we hear their story, God wants to speak to you. And it might be, you know, it might be neighbors or nations, but it's to you and if, you, if you're married, to you and your spouse. Sometimes the timing part of it is actually where it gets revealed through you and your spouse. It's like God starts to stir something, but it's like one of you doesn't have a, a piece about it yet. And if you push forward, it's when we step out of God's timing. It actually wants to speak to both of you, and he wants to speak to your kids, and he wants to use the people around you. And so it kind of leads me to to our next question. So the first time Taylor and I ever walked together, and if you've ever walked with Taylor, he's a very, like, brisk walker. He's quite a, he's a a fit guy. That's Um, a learned behavior. So this has nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but at the end of our walk, he, like, was, like, excited, and he was like, all right, I got to go. And he got up and just ran away. He was like, see ya, I gotta go find Sylvia. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> but the first time we, we talked, we, uh, we actually, we talked about a lot of stuff, but we talked about kingdom business partnerships um, and the nations. And it, to me, it seemed like something sparked in you, like something came alive uh, yeah, in you in that conversation. So. so my question is this for you guys. How did you then partner in that process of hearing God and preparing? Because, um, yeah, or maybe a better way to say it is, how did you put, put wheels on this with accountability and with partnership and not just go, oh my gosh, I'm excited, see ya, and then, yeah, you're kind of just gone. How did you, how did you partner and stay accountable in that process? Because you have been, and you've done it actually really well. Um, I'll let Taylor speak to that specifically in regards to here at Melbourne Lights. But yeah. I just wanted to say, like, when God speaks to you, He doesn't speak to you apart from His church. He doesn't speak to you apart from the Scriptures. He speaks to you within the frameworks that He has put in place. So He's the head, says in the Scriptures, and we are the body. Um, and He is the one that causes us to have a sound mind, to be single-minded. And it's as the Holy Spirit flows in and through us that His body begins to move in action. And so... When he gave us pictures, when he gave us these sensations and these feelings, and he does this for all of you, write them down. We wrote them down um, and submit them to others. Um, That's for so many different reasons because it helps hold you accountable, the timing stuff that Matt was talking about. Um, and he, God reveals in part because we, the church, are his bride. We're not his bride individually. I hope good. that's not heresy. Very good. No, no, it's true. <laughs> we are his bride collectively. He's coming for us. Yes, he's a personal and relational God, but he's relational with his bride that is all of us. And so we have to submit it to the elders and to the leaders and the community that he's placed us in because that is, that is biblical. Um, and if you go to the scriptures and look at the Old Testament, The Jews who studied the scriptures and studied the Old Testament missed Jesus. They missed Jesus. Like the words he gives us and the prophecies and the scriptures are from him, but sometimes our interpretation (laughs) is not. Preach it. And that's how they miss Jesus, based on interpretation. That's why it is so, 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 so important. Write these things down and submit them to your leaders and to submit them to those within your life who are journeying with you 
because they can help give you even more accuracy and speak into those spaces to help shine light and that you function in all the authority and power that he has for you because you don't want to miss Jesus. And the, the key thing is that you, for that to happen, I mean, we could go home after that. That's a great response. But for that to happen, you actually need to be genuinely added to a healthy local church yeah. where yeah. you have you know, people around you and leaders that are hearing God and that are open-handed and releasing because, you know, it's one thing to, you know, we, we can say, and it is God's pattern in Scripture that we bring it to, to those that are leading and we submit it. But if, if you're in a place where they're not open-handed yeah. and they're not willing to send and to go, then that can be restricting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the, there might be some here today and you're not in a church. God wants you to be in a local church where you can submit to leaders, where you, tr- where you trust them and you trust that they're hearing God and they trust that you're hearing God as well, and can be part of the process together. One of the things as well in that space about submitting to those uh, in, who have been put over you, or submit to those that are your peers in the church, that are in the body. If, if we look in Acts, one of the, there's, there's Paul and there's Apollos. And the thing is, these are often compared because it's you were baptized by Paul or you were baptized by Apollos. And so we go, Apollos is this high up kind of person. And so he was preaching and it says that he was preaching with all authority. He was preaching with authority, eloquency and accuracy. So I go, if I could preach with those three, I'm doing pretty well. But Priscilla and Aquila, who were tent makers, but were in close relationship with Paul and close relationship with the father, went to him and said you are limited by only your knowledge of John's baptism, not the baptism of Jesus. And so he opened himself up because if he was already up high and already knew all this stuff and was known for being preaching with accuracy and eloquency and power and truth, we suddenly went, did I not have the full revelation? Went in deep with these two and learned about Jesus' baptism and then went, went on beyond that. And so it's about even no matter what level you're at, you just if you bring yourself and humble yourself and be flex and be flexible with those around you, you can just be taken to new levels. But the original question was, if we go back, was how did I get so inspired? Why did I get so inspired and then run off to tell the world about it? You were talk at the start. We talked about neighbors and nations, and the the idea that I had in my head when it talks about nations was missionaries. And in my head, missionaries were always, okay, I go and I plant a church. And I go and I go help work in orphanages and that's what I do. That's my thing. And I always went, God's given me these gifts and talents and abilities in the business world. Um, Why would he train me up in all that way to be a missionary? Not that it's a downgrade, but I was given all these gifts and talents and abilities. And suddenly we were talking a lot about how to do business on mission and how there, are, there, are, there can be doors opened in countries that are inaccessible to missionaries that are accessible to businesses. It's this idea that suddenly uh, doors are open in dark places because businesses can bring the light. Suddenly there are stories of visas being issued to missionaries because they come in through business. And I just went, oh, wow, that's so cool. I've never thought about that. So as part of this, we started a business. And we went, how can we use the gifts, talents, and abilities and suddenly go into this place and operate 
as the light, fund buildings, fund families, fund churches, fund all things through business by using the gifts and talents. And so that, that for me is an exciting lens of being on mission. It's creating the spaces by which God can move, not just going, oh, I'm going to plant a church, which is an awesome thing, but going, I'm going to suddenly employ 80 people and then suddenly that's my church, but it's not just 80 people, it's their family. If they're a family of four, that's 320. That's 320 lives you can change just from this one business, let alone their communities. So it's thinking in scale, in a, in an, in a think bigger in his vision, not in yours going, oh, I'm going to go in for two years, I'm not going to have anyone around me, and yeah. I love that. I, I genuinely believe, and we're seeing this, that some of the nations that have yet to hear the gospel the only way to get in there is through business. Um, I mean, there's nations in the Middle East and other places where you can't go as a pastor. They won't give you visas. But I have friends, I know people who have set up businesses and brought in 70 people to work in their business who are working in their business but planting churches. Um, there's also, I, don't, I also don't think, and it's not just in unreached nations, I think it's very difficult to plant churches in big cities, especially in, in city centers, without kingdom business partnerships. It's just too expensive. I mean, for all of us, if you own property in Melbourne, you know how expensive properties are and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's impossible if you don't have some sort of partnership or you're not already established to go into a city like Melbourne and go, we're going to get a space and start something without... These, these kingdom partnerships. And so that thing of scale is so amazing. And I, I hope it stirs vision in you because there's some of you sitting in this room and you might go, I, I'm never going to be a pastor. And that's okay. But it's good. But maybe God's given you business ideas or he's given you creative ideas or open spheres of influence that when you begin to get kingdom vision for the area that he's put you in, you can actually open doors for the kingdom to advance through those areas, and we need that. That's how the ends of the earth are going to be reached. That's how unreached people, people that don't know Jesus yet, are going to be reached. Start, starting a mother's group is just as important as starting a church. 100%. Starting a business is just as important as starting a church. Because 100%. that is your outworking and growing the kingdom, not yep. growing the influence of the church. One of the things in that walk was this idea of the difference between growing the kingdom and planting an empire. And the empire is around self. It's about the pastor or the leader of that church. But growing the kingdom is about him and about Jesus. And the thing is, through all this, I don't want to miss the fact that this is all about Jesus and not about what we did. Because we didn't listen the whole time. It, because, again, God's timing is not our timing. And we went, okay, this is a 10-year plan. Let's get a house now. Let's, we went during COVID. I'm not sure if anyone else at this planet. Like, let's just go buy a farm. Let's just go, get away, rural Victoria, let's grow the key. And I think so, some people did by the Yeah. <laughs> and so we went, let's do it. And God's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And yeah, and we were just like, praise God that he brought you back on track. And, but that only came from having the humility to go to the elders. This is what we're thinking. No, nah, don't do that. Okay. Thanks, th thanks God. Like, it's not an easy thing to do, what you're doing, and I'm sure there's been obstacles in the way. How have you got through the stuff that's felt like this is too hard? Oh, question without notice. That's good. Sorry. <laughs> when you are walking in intimacy 
with him and you are open and flexible to what he has for you. I would say it's almost the easiest thing in the world. That even though there are things that were coming up where it's like suddenly, yes, we got verbal approval of the visa and residency all here. But then the government over in Romania were like, what the hell are you doing? Like, and started knocking on doors and calling all potential relatives and potential staying and basically questioning them like, why the heck are you coming here? They shouldn't be coming here. When we look for housing, it's like nothing's coming, coming through. Um, Hadassah, our one-year-old, her passport came in six months after our, Judah's passport came in. And it's like, did we have all this fear and anxiety and build up and all this kind of stuff? It's people, when we got Dasa's passport just two weeks ago, three weeks ago, people were just like, oh, that must be a huge relief. No, it's just another thing off the tick box because we knew that God had ordained this, so therefore walking in that was simple. Doesn't mean that it's not scary, but it means that the fear isn't there because the fear means that you're doubting him. Um, I, think, I think the thing is he gives you grace for the things that he's called you to. Um, and even though they may be hard and other people will look at the way you're living and be like, how can you do that? Because that's not the call over them and their space, so don't compare. Everybody has a different call and a different mission. And I think the biggest thing is we all have to be mesmerised by the mission giver yeah. <laughs> and not so focused on the mission. Mm. Because when you are mesmerised by the mission giver, the mission just flows out of that place. And then you are willing to release and walk around with the mission with an open hand and submit it to those around you. And I think like Matt was speaking before, is we think that it's certain people that are the ones to go and to send out, to be sent out, the ones with the qualifications. But you see all throughout the New Testament, when Paul and others are writing their letters, they start like this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, you can replace that with your name because it is the mission giver who qualifies you. Yes, we train ourselves. Yes, we equip ourselves. We solidify our knowledge of the word. We build relationship with the Holy Spirit and we equip ourselves so we can speak to the culture and usher in the culture of heaven. But you have to be mesmerized by Jesus. That's where everything comes from. And when you're walking in that space, it just seems so natural. There's no option to walk out of that space. Very good. And that's not to say that there hasn't been times of tears. Oh, and, there's so many I mean, tears. And <laughs> I didn't even know if I could talk today. But that's one of the beauties of doing it in partnership with friends and, you know, submitting it is that, I mean, we've wept together. You know, you've been in our house and we've, so, you know, why and questions. And part of the process is not just like, you know, you guys are hearing the highlights, um, but there's also been like the weeping. Oh, so many and the, wrestles. God, yeah. what are you doing? And are we doing the right thing? And all that sort of stuff. And being able to process that with other people yeah. Um, yeah. that love you and have your highest, I think is important. And it's a good thing for, for all of us. Um, maybe I'll just add a comment. Um, I think many people uh, think, I've watched this often. Many people think they've heard God and they just go. Um, because you can. You have free will. Um, you can just go. You're, you know, most people are adults, but um, right through, <laughs> most people are adults, some people aren't. What we see is a biblical pattern, though, for partnering in the going. So if you look at the New Testament, 
Right throughout the New Testament, we see coming and going, sending and receiving. They sent them sometimes for short stints, sometimes for long stints. They'd give feedback. There was genuine, like, we're together in this kingdom mission, not just see you later, have a good rest of your life. Um, and part of, I mean, for us as a local church, we want to be able to send um, more and more. Um, last week, we had Liam Christine from Sydney here, and he shared a prophetic word, which was, uh, all, all the elders started laughing. He, he said, I see you as like a revolving door of people coming and going. And everyone started laughing because the second preach I ever preached when we started leading this team that leads the church here was about, I feel like God prophetically is calling us to be a revolving door. Not to circle the wagons and try and hold on, but people are going to be coming and going. And so he literally shared almost exactly the same word. And also not knowing that we're going to interview you guys today, you know, one week later, about sending. And so um, it's something in the DNA of who we want to be as a church and who God's called us to. But we're able to partner with you guys and in reality to send you because you have said we want to submit in the process as well. And we want to be accountable. And so, yeah, there, I think there's a difference between releasing and just saying, bless you, you know, pray. You know, we always want to bless people. But actually being able to, to ongoingly partner in that. Um, and so I, I want you guys to know we're sending Taylor and Sylvia. They're not just going, but we actually, like, we agree. We believe God spoke. We've seen God open doors. But we want to be part of the process, not just before they go, but once they go. I think that there's a biblical model for that. And so, you know, we partner, obviously we partner in prayer. I mean, that's a, you know, that's like, that should be a, a no-brainer, that we should be praying. I hope you're praying for them. Now and when they go, they're going to need your prayer. Um, yes, but we, we can partner in support. So, you know, uh, that's at varying levels. And I know some of you have, have already um, given to support them. As a church, we want to get behind them. We're going to give, and we want to actually support them ongoingly for a little while when they get there. Um, on that note, if you want to give and you haven't, you can do that um, through our bank accounts with the church. Just write Taylor and Sylvia, and we'll send it all through to them. Um, so there's no pressure in that, but we've got giving envelopes so you can do transfers and stuff. So if you want to be a part of that partnership, you can, but there's also like continued partnership. There's continued connection and, you know, maybe sending teams and getting feedback and this sort of new relationship of like, we've never, we've never had partnership in Romania. Like some, through some of our NCMI partnerships, we, I mean, we've got friendships into over 106 countries. Um, and part of the partnership is going, let us connect you with other believers who have a kingdom heart. Let us connect you with other people that we know. And we know people in Paris, and one of the elders on their team is Romanian and goes into Romania all the time. And I need to give you their number, um, which reminds me, I still haven't done that. <laughs> I've told everyone else I need to connect you with them. I need to connect you with them. Um, so maybe as, as we wrap up uh, th this morning, oh, you got something? Okay, I was just going to, well, I'm not going to fully wrap up, but I'm going to ask you another question. Um, what are some specifics that we can pray for right now? One of the biggest things that we, that is our prayer, is prayer for wisdom as we're going. We haven't done this before. That's one thing. Yeah, we've got no clue what we're doing. There is a level of equipping that can take place beforehand and a hell of a lot more afterhand. Um, so, but I, we've had a number of prophetic words spoken into us about choosing who to partner with wisely. Um, that can be in the business. It can be what church we go to. It can be what 
area that we move to, all this kind of stuff. We pray for wisdom that God is leading us, who to partner with, and it would be a hell of a lot easier if all the doors were shut that shouldn't be. So we're praying on wisdom for who to, who to partner with. We pray practically that the kids sleep on the plane. Uh, it, is, it is 25 hours, and you've seen our kids in a 90-minute church service. We're 45 minutes he can watch drums. So uh, we're praying practically for that. Um, and probably finally, we're, we're praying for that his hand of provision is over there because although we've got the money, it's, we want to be ge- his hands and feet over there in generosity. And we want to continue what we've done here over there. Yeah. And as we do here, we talk about the goods and the gospel, that we go with both the physical goods to help meet people's needs, but we also bring the gospel with it. And the thing is, the gospel is attached naturally to that. Um, And so we're praying that his incredible provision comes over us so that suddenly his incredible provision comes over Romania. Um, So those are the three things that we would love prayer for. I I will give you the mic back. Um, so we pray, like we have a prayer meeting once a month as a church. We pray on Sunday mornings as well. But um, on the 16th of November, we're going to actually dedicate our prayer meeting. We pray and worship to praying for Taylor and Sylvia and Romania and all that God's doing there. Um, so we'll pray for you guys this morning as well. But we're going to have an extended time. So I want to invite you guys are welcome to come to that. We're just going to we're going to intercede over Romania and what the doors that God's going to open, all these sort of things. But write these things down as well. Uh, and be praying for these practical things um, leading up to that as well. I'm going back a couple of steps because he doesn't let me have the mic. <laughs> oh, but when, when we were talking about the nations and people going to the nations and being a revolving door, yeah. um, we can sit here as people that love Taylor and Sylvia and that hurts. And you think, oh, but I don't want to be part of a revolving door. I want to hold on to my people. Like, it is hard to sow people into the nations, but relationships grow and change, and your relationship with Taylor and Sylvia is going to look different, but they're going to need that relationship. They're going to need you to pray for them. They're going to need you to reach out and encourage them. You don't know what sort of a word you're going to wake up with one day and just send it through to them, and it's going to just refresh their soul. So, yes, it's going to hurt, but God's going to use it, and you are going to have an inheritance in the nations because you're sowing these beautiful friends. And it's going to happen again. People are going to go again, but you're going to have another inheritance in the nations. And I felt like some people also said, oh, not me. I'm not going to the nations. I just won't get a passport. (laughs) Get a passport because this is the scariest thing they've ever done, but it's the most exciting adventure they ever go on. Like, this is living for eternity. They're like, oh, my goodness, nothing more. I remember coming to be a part of what this all is and thinking, oh, no, I'm not going to marry him because I'm not going anywhere ever again. Like, this is where I'm going to be. And God has opened up the nations in amazing ways for us. And thank you, Jesus, we're still based here. But I hold that open-handedly because who knows where he'll send us one day. But, like, go. And that God's going to use you in amazing ways. So it might be to Romania just to bless and refresh them. Like, it might be to the Southeast Asia's on our doorstep. Like, let's get there. Like, go, have taste and see that the Lord is good in another nation. And it makes the, uh, the king that we serve even bigger when yeah. you see him in other places. My, my parents always used to joke with me, like, the scariest prayers to pray are like, oh, God, I pray for patience. Because he'll give you opportunity, he'll place you in situations where you need patience. Or it's like, God, give me, give me like um, trust, uh, like help enrich my faith. He'll give you situations to enrich your faith. For this, 
the scary dream was God use us and he said go and we're like oh damn (laughs) so pray the prayers that he will help empower and enrich your lives and then his glory can be shown through you which is the greatest thing that's come out of this Um, I just want to add to like a lot of people and a lot of my family too Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time I talk about my grandma, I cry. Like, we're here. When I say we, I mean, like, like so many Romanians had to flee Romania because of the communist regime and the church was being persecuted and my grandpa was, like, thrown into prison and, you know, they fled to come and start a better life. Um, for their family here in Australia and so many Romanians like sought asylum in Western countries and let's not let that sacrifice like be for nothing too. There's a huge missional mission that is so much bigger than us um, that it's so evident that God is at work. It's called um, Europe Awakening Um, and Part of that is that the gospel began to spread all over the world from Europe. But now there's a call back because Europe needs Jesus. And there's a call back for people of European descent who have it on their heart, which is what the Lord's placed on our heart, to go back to Europe and take the gospel back to Europe. Because Europe needs Jesus. (laughs) And so... Many people might see and be like, why would you go back to that? Why would you go back to the place that, you know, um, our grandmother fled from? Because Europe needs Jesus. And we are called to be ambassadors for Christ in our churches here, in our communities here. But when he calls, you go because you're an ambassador. You do not belong to this world. Your mission is to advance his kingdom. Yeah. Can we give these guys a massive round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. Can we pray for them? We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.